everybody. Well, 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 the Champions League winners do it once again in the Super Cup. And it's again, once again, a Spanish champion, Real Madrid, 2-0 against Eintracht Frankfurt. We got this, plus much, much more regarding the latest news, including Pulisic, maybe to Newcastle, Qatar in the World Cup, doing a little bit of scheduling changes. Hey, we need a lot to discuss, and we need a good person to do it. And, of course, it's my man, Jimmy Conrad. Oh, me. You're talking to me. Right now, Jimmy, oh, what's man. up, buddy? Oh, I, thought, I thought James Benz was going to show up. I didn't know like it's going <laughs> to give us the good stuff. No, I'm excited to be here, of course, and uh, this felt like a really formal way to kick off at least the European season for the top five leagues in Europe. I know that La Liga and Serie A kick off this weekend. So a great match, and not to uh, – Spoil it, anything. Everybody knew that Real Madrid were going to win, and they did that. So I was uh, not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. Jimmy Conrad, good to have you. Great to, great to see you, LME. Great to see you. I know. I know. Me and you always, uh, you know, OGs, we baby. when we can. OGs, yes. man. OGs, That's it. The OGs to the OGs. Hey, there's a, there's a massive time differential right now, by the way, because obviously Jimmy is on the West Coast, and I'm in Barcelona. So I'm like... I'm at 11 p.m. Uh, my time, Jimmy Conrad. Uh, wait, 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 wait. So, that's when people start to go out. Like, that's not even I that know. late, to be honest. I know, but remember... Are you, are you, in, are you in proper Barcelona? Are you in Sitges? Where are you? I'm, I'm right in the center, in El Bon, like right in the middle, nice. right in the heart of it. Yeah, but remember, great we're all Jesus. I'm an old man. I'm a Larry David, Jimmy Conrad. I like <laughs> Jimmy, uh, all right, let's talk about this game, buddy. Yeah. Uh, first of all, are you, you know... I thought at the beginning of the game, Eintracht Frankfurt had a few things going. Uh, they looked a little bit dangerous, but Real Madrid is Real Madrid, right? And, and this chatter about Barcelona and all the issues and, you know, other clubs and La Liga beginning. I think Real Madrid and Ancelotti kind of came in today thinking, you know what? There's not enough chatter about the champions, the European champions and the domestic champions, Real Madrid. And they proved it once again. Well, they haven't even started the season, to your point. How good did they look, in your opinion? I thought they looked pretty sharp, all things considered. I think if we look back at maybe their last three, four, five seasons, they seem to have a slow start, at least domestically, whether it was Ancelotti or or Zidane or whoever coaching, just kind of got off the blocks a little slow, and then all of a sudden they pick it up, and then you can't stop them at the end, and they win every single trophy available. And that seemed to be a little bit of their MO. I think they were fortuitous in terms of who they matched up against in this particular game. Eintracht Frankfurt coming off a 6-1 loss to Bayern Munich in the opening weekend of the Bundesliga. So you have a little bit of a lack of confidence, I would say, coming into this one, even though I think Eintracht learned how to separate church and state, the domestic form and the European form last season to win the Europa League, to find themselves in this one. You knew they were going to be up for it. And maybe in some ways, LME, them losing 6-1 on the weekend made them a little bit more cautious in terms of how they wanted to approach this game. And that's how I thought we saw mm. it in the first half was them, let's absorb, let's, let's see what, Real Madrid start with and ended up being the same starting lineup that Madrid started in the Champions League final. And let's see what we can do. And they got some good opportunities. The thing is, when you're a team like Eintracht, you're not going to probably get too many against a team like Real Madrid. And when Kamada had that chance, Daichi Kamada had a chance. He's one-on-one -on -one from an angle and he could have put it either corner and he, he still puts it in the wheelhouse of Courtois. It's going to obviously be very difficult to beat Courtois. They scored that. And I think we're talking about a much different game. But once Madrid kind of survived a couple of those scares, then they scored, and then they started to relax and play. You knew it was going to be Madrid from that point forward. But a good professional performance by arguably the best team in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a triple jammy here for Eintracht Frankfurt from uh, European Giants. They lose 6-1 to Bayern Munich. Kostic on his way to Juventus. And then obviously playing Real Madrid, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a wake-up call. Courtois, I thought, 
you know, kind of picking up where he left off, right? What a ridiculous goalkeeper. And then the game itself, you know, in the second half, you know, Vinicius Jr., Karim Benzema, of course, Casemiro laying it up for, uh, you know, Alaba. And then in the latter stages of this game, by the way, that's when we began to see, all right, this is what 2022-2023 Real Madrid looks like with uh, Schumann coming in, of course, and the new little pieces of additions. Oh, by the way, Camavinga is also available. How, I mean, that kind of made me think, wow, Real Madrid, you know, can they maintain this kind of form? Can they defend the title, I guess? I mean, I know it's like a really difficult question, Jimmy, in the way, because we're talking about the Super Cup, but how how prepared is Real Madrid for this season? Because one question I asked Michael LaHood last week was, Karim Benzema, something happens to him, God forbid, you know, what, what's their plan? No, that's a great question to ask. I think that Bayern Munich used to fall into that same category when Robert Lewandowski was their number nine. Is it really going to be Chupa Motin that you're going to run everything through? You know, and so, yes, it, it helps to have a plan B. Fortunately for Madrid, they don't have to worry about that this particular moment. Uh, long may he stay healthy with Kareem Benzema because if he continues his fine form, I think the Ballon d'Or is pretty much his, which I think would be well-deserved. I think he's the best player in Europe right now. And he showed it again today where he's just in and around. He's busy. His link-up play, his relationship with Vinicius Jr. has really blossomed into something where they're both benefiting now. And when you look at Vinicius Jr.'s stats last season, 22 goals, 20 assists, and 52 games in all comps, I mean, that should be a season, given his age, where he should be in the same conversation as Mbappe and Holland. Like, he's one of the top young players in Europe. And he's earning that respect. And we saw it again today with his influence and impact. So as long as that continues to go, Madrid's always going to have a chance in every game. Now, with regard to your thoughts about La Liga, if Barcelona's accountants can figure out how to work through all this financial situation and crisis, then they're going to be really dangerous. They had a hell of a transfer window, assuming they can get everybody registered and everything works out. And I'm sure they'll probably do some shell game accountant stuff to make that happen. And that gives me some pause that maybe Barcelona and they probably should challenge given the amount of talent they'll have at their disposal. But there's something about Xavi having to figure out how to get everybody on the same page and quickly so they don't drop points early, which could cost them at the end. Whereas I think Madrid already know who they are and they just added Schumann, as you mentioned, and Rudiger came in at the right back spot for Carvajal, which I thought was interesting to put Rudiger at the right back. You got Camavinga and, and Schumann off playing double eights with Casemiro at the six. I thought Casemiro was very, very sharp today and making tackles and always on the precipice of getting a yellow card every time he hits the yeah, ground. Some stats for you regarding yeah, crazy. 80, 85 touches, one assist, uh, 53 out of 64 accurate passes, nine tackles, one the most in the in the game, I believe. Keep going. But Casemiro, no, I, I, I believe, was a little bit worried that Schumann was going to come in. But I think it's more Schumann going to learn under the master, right? That's what I That's what I think. Yeah, I think if anything, to your point about the subs that came in, you're getting a glimpse of what the midfield's probably going to look like in 23-24 with Camavinga and, and Shuomeni. Uh, mm. and, and maybe Casemiro sticks around because I think this could be the last time we see Cruz and Modric and Casemiro all together. So I think the future is upon us. Valverde, I thought, looked again really bright at that wing spot. Well, you that's know? where I wanted to go, Jim. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Federico Alverde is an absolute baller. This is a 24-year-old who just covers more ground than I can. I, I mean, it's amazing. He is so good. He's so good. Can we just, you know, save a little time for Federico Alverde? Right? How good is he? I think he's amazing. He's good, and I think what's been fun and, and pleasantly surprising to see is his willingness and ability to adapt to that spot because he's normally a central guy. I know they put him at right back at times. He doesn't look as comfortable there, but he'll still make the most of it. His energy is always great. And I think that really highlights his IQ for the game and how 
and and where he fits in. Now, we got to give Ancelotti some credit as well because he's very good at being a player whisperer. I think he's very good at simplifying what he's asking of the players and not making things overly complicated and leaning into and trusting their own talents and abilities, both mentally and then, you know, obviously physically and technically and tactically to solve problems. But when you look at that, and one of the things I wanted to bring up about Madrid is just their savvy. These guys know how to win games. They know how to manage when they don't have the ball. And one of the things that I love, and it's one of those intangibles, is they're pressing as a group. When they decide to press you, you've got nowhere to go. But they're so casual about it, LME. They're so, <laughs> oh, we'll let you have four or five passes. And then on that sixth pass, they're all locked in, and they win the ball back. And then Eintracht or whoever they're playing doesn't have an answer for it. They're not, they're not very good at getting to their plan B, the opponent. And Madrid is excellent at knowing when to slow it down and speed it up. I think one of the best in the world in terms of dictating tempo in that way. Yeah, Karim Benzema, by the way, 324 goals now for Real Madrid. That puts him second in the, uh, you know. Uh, that means he's pretty of, good, right? He's, he's not bad. <laughs> I, I, I think that means he's all right. He sandwiches in between Cristiano Ronaldo, who has uh, 451. You're not catching. Wait, so, so LME, answer me this. You're in Barcelona. I guess when you're watching a Madrid game in Barcelona, you're just by yourself. I'd have yeah, to I can't. I can't do it anywhere else. If I go to a bar and I even it on attempt TV? to do this, yeah, forget it. Nobody wants to. You know what? We were walking around the beach yesterday, and this kid was wearing a Real Madrid shirt, wow. and a group of guys were just like, "Take that off right now! You're at the beach. Take it off anyway." But that's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. He was like, he took it off in a heartbeat. By the way, <laughs> hey, Rafa Cardenas, thank you so much for following. La Fede, but Camavinga could become one of the best to play in his position. So much composure, ambition for a young player. Yeah, absolutely, Rafa. I think they're different players, actually, in a way. To your point, Jimmy, Valverde is like, Carlo, wherever you want me, put me in. I'll mm -hmm. go. I'm a central midfielder, but I can, go, I can go on the wing as well. And he kills himself in every game. Camavinga, I agree. I think this is a, a, a prodigal talent. But different types of uh, technique and ability in his game, I think, Jimmy. I think he's, he, he, can, he can also be uh, a very good eight, I think, as, you know, as well as somebody that can be a box-to-box -box and, and, and even sit as well. Two different players, both ridiculously talented. Yeah, I mean, Camavinga can sit in the six. I think he's comfortable there. I think he's good at passing from deep-line situations. I love like the weight of his passes. I think there's a lot of pride in terms of those little things that I think make a big difference for teams, as they, especially as they transition from the sixth spot. I think Valverde's a runner. I think he likes to break the lines with and without the ball. I, I, he likes to be a pest in that way. His energy to press is very, very good. So you want to play into his natural abilities and, and what he likes to do and what he's very good at. And not to say that Camavinga can't do that, but I think he's looking to – Camavinga feels more about pass – like block. I'm going to block this passing lane. I can, And then I'll close the ball from there. So I'll, I'll block the passing lane, and then I'll step to the ball and try to close – that space from there. Whereas Valverde's just, I'm just going to run as hard at you as I can. Yeah, and then, I'm run and the then when I, when you try to cut me, I'm going to still run with you. And if you try to cut me again, I'm still there. Like he's just undeniable in his defending intensity. And, and again, they both have that, but they have it in different ways and, and how they want to play the game. And then that's up to the manager who is one of the best in the world to put them in the right spots to make sure that their strengths come out. And I think that's what Ancelotti is, is amazing at in particular is really trying to put the pieces in the right place so that it all works. Yeah, poor little Real Madrid fans, eh? Uh, you got Camavinga, you got Schermany, <laughs> Casemiro. Oh, Luka Modric, we, we haven't even talked about. He just casually was just walking around, decided to be swapped off, you know, after delivering a game, by the way. So Real Madrid, once again, they get that Super Cup, they get another trophy, and they're looking good to defend their title in La Liga. We're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, 
I want Jimmy to talk to me about a certain American that's being reported or maybe going to a certain club that he supports. We'll see about that. And also the World Cup's in November, but apparently, you know, Qatar decided to throw away the scheduling calendar and just, you know, start <laughs> all over again. I, I love it. So Jimmy Conrad, LME, we got a little uh, break here. We'll be right back, my friends. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Whoa. Your dad's a superhero. No, my dad can't handle hot wings. Check this out. Step into the spotlight. Playtime's over, kids. Prepare for war. Hold it, hold it. These things are warm. You got the winter suit. Rated PG. Jimmy, guess Hi. what? What? Where can you watch Serie A? Uh, Paramount Plus. Paramount is that right? Plus. Did I get that right? Conrad. You got it in one. You get an A plus, Jimmy Conrad. Paramount Plus, baby. And Serie A begins this weekend. And Paramount Plus is the only place to stream every minute of every Serie A match. And you can quickly and easily sign up for your very own account right now. Do you know how you want to do it, Jimmy? Should I tell you how to do it? Yeah, please. I'm curious. Okay. Okay. Write this down. Okay. Yeah, I'll write it down. Free one month trial by going to paramountplus.com forward slash Italy. Okay. Just click the try it free button and use promo code Italy for, for a month access for you a month, month, baby. A month. Wow. It's amazing, right? Well, that's, Listen, yeah. Usually, usually it's like a week, but a month. Yeah. Well, no, we're, go, we're going longer, baby. We're going longer here. All right. That. So visit paramountplus.com forward slash Italy and start streaming. Today, Serie A, you excited or what? I, hey, you're I'm, big into Serie A. How excited oh, 100%. Are you I'm buzzing because I feel like Serie A is the top five league in Europe that's the most wide open. We could argue that the Premier League is a two-horse race between City and Liverpool. Bundesliga and Liga are going to be Bayern and PSG, respectively. And then even with La Liga, you have, as much as Atletico won it two seasons ago, I still feel like they're off the pace a little bit. It's going to be Barcelona and Real Madrid for that. But when you look at Serie A, you have Inter Milan, you have AC Milan that won it last year. You have Juventus, who obviously had won it for nine straight years, the you know starting or losing it two seasons ago. You can have a team, Jimmy. Roma might be might be an outside shot if Jose Mourinho can figure it out. I still think that back line maybe isn't like Scudetto winning caliber, but that midfield is sexy though. The Jimmy midfield, Conner. the front three, absolutely ridiculous. So so, and then you got Mourinho, who's a special one and, and has proven it in multiple leagues around the world. I. I yeah, so Roma's an outside shot. Napoli, I don't think, will have it as much because they're, they're transitioning from the golden generation of Mertens and Insigne and Koulibaly to, to a younger group with Victor Osimhen. they got to stay healthy, I think, to really be in there. Lazio, Rizzo Sari. Yeah, okay, but I think that uh, the two Milan clubs and, 
and Juventus are going to be up for it. And then you got Roma with an outside chance. So that that really makes it exciting for me when I, when I think about Serie A and all the narratives that are leading up to this particular season. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. And we had a great Serie A preview on Kego Lasso with Mike LaHood and our very own uh, Drake Cordero as well. And we were doing predictions, Jimmy. I'll ask you too, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, your gut instinct, all right? First of all, and by the way, the promoter teams are sexy as well. Lecce is back as well, Cremonese. Monza. Berlusconi's Monza. Berlusconi's back in Serie A. That's just craziness already. So give me your prediction on, okay, if I'm saying to you top four, End of the season. Who is it? Top four. Okay. So I think Milan, after winning it last year, are going to have a different type of target on their back. Okay. I think Inter. Inter. I got some insight here. Inter uh, only won one out of seven games between February and March of last year. Okay. Serie A games. And I think that's where they lost. They lost by two points. If they had just picked up those points somewhere along the line, I think they would have figured it out. So Lukaku's in some ways, back. Lukaku's back. And you take that into consideration. Lataro had 21 goals in 35 games last year. So what does that mean now that Lukaku's back? Obviously, they already have uh, a previous existing and, and, and successful relationship. But what does that mean? So, so there's a lot to take in there. I think Simone Inzaghi, as manager, now knows with the season at hand of what it means to win a Scudetto and how close he was. So I think maybe he'll make different decisions in terms of balancing multiple competitions. Anyway, I'm saying that because I think Inter's going to win the league. I think they're going to take it back. Yeah, we, we all said that in the preview as well. Okay, we're, we're okay. Europe. So you I got, got, I got, I got, I got Milan runner-up? or I got Milan top? second, and I have I have Juventus third. If, yeah. if Federico Chiesa had started the season healthy, with a Dusan Vlahovic, and I, I just think maybe they would be, they're going to be closer. They were 16 points off the top and last Kalimari, year. Nope, yeah, nope. And Di Maria, they have a very, yeah. uh, very uh, scintillating sexy front squad, three. Yeah. Very sexy, very sexy. But they still have some changes too, they have to adapt to. And are, Who's your fourth? Fourth, I have Roma. Uh, maybe, maybe my heart's in the way, but I got them fourth. I got Napoli fifth. Atalanta, this is exactly I have my top four. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're good to go. Yeah. I love it. And I think, I, I think uh, uh, Berlusconi C. Monza will stay up. Because, Me too. I predicted that too. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got Adriano uh, Galliani, who yeah. was kind of his right hand man with uh, Milan when they won eight Scudettos and five Champions League trophies. Those guys know what they're doing. Yeah, they, they know what to do. Maybe I did watch the preview. Maybe I just yeah, wanted to De- say. Des is saying say you watched the preview and you're cheating. I can't like, confirm or deny any rumors at this time, Elamie. Jimmy, Jimmy's too smart and too lazy to, to do either. <laughs> so, he, so he gets right and he's not watching. But anyway, um, thank you, everybody. We're nearly wrapping up here. We just want to hit a few things. Uh, and by the way, send some questions. We're live. So, Jimmy, I don't know how many times don't you be get scared. you get an opportunity to talk to uh, to Jimmy Conrad right here. I don't so know please, either. Ask, yeah, he doesn't even know. I Ask your know. questions. Okay, so Jimmy, let's talk about this for a second. Uh, per reports, FIFA might might agree to Qatar's request, who, by the way, were already in consultation with Conmebol and the mm-hmm. Equatorian mm-hmm. Federation, that the World Cup might start a day early, on November 20th, instead of the 21st. The reason being is the host nation will have that day alone to have its own game, right? Usually how that's the thing at the World Cup, right? The host nation kicks everything off, whatever. So here we go per uh, our Golasso Twitter account. So that would mean, and obviously because they want to kick off the tournament at Albayat Stadium, meaning that Qatar and Ecuador will be on November 20th. What do you think? Should FIFA approve of this date change? I think that FIFA should have approved this a long time ago because I thought it was weird that Qatar wasn't actually part of the first day of the whole tournament. That's what it's always been as the host. You have your one game, to kick off all the festivities. You're the host nation. You're the one. This is your time to show off your culture and your pageantry and all the, you know, 
kind of super, let's call it Super Bowl antics that get, that get uh, attached to the opening ceremonies of these types of events. And I just thought it was weird that they weren't the ones kicking it off. But now that they're asking for it, after the fact, after everything's been settled, for me, just kind of shows how maybe chaotic it is behind the scenes. This feels like a bit of a red flag for me that maybe this isn't as well organized as they want it to be perceived and that it is the shit show that we all kind of think it is. <laughs> I, I think. What do you uh, say? What do you say, no, Alamy? You hit the nail on the spot. I think had this news come out last year, even like early last year, I would have been like, okay, it's a bit weird, but at least, you know, you're trying to get this ahead of the yeah, time right, right. more than 12 months. You're, you're doing this months before the tournament begins. This is ridiculous. How have you not figured this out? Like well, especially because people advance. are making travel plans, right? And that's my next point. I think Ecuador fans, not the federation because they're in consultation. And yes, I feel for the players as well. But, you know, it's a little bit less of a yeah, hassle. Yeah, the players, it's almost less, less hassle for the players. Yeah, they adjust. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's the fans. It's the Ecuadorian fans who probably made already plans to go there for mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the 21st or whatever. And now they have to completely figure everything out. You think it's easy? And I said this to you off camera. I'll say it again. If Qatar were playing a European nation like Germany... There's no chance in the world that they're doing this request. No way. No way. It's, I really feel it's disrespectful to a South American nation, quote unquote, a small, you know, right, uh, right. soccer's. And, and that to me pisses me off. Uh, yeah, Matt yeah. Osmond is not happy. It's already the worst World Cup host of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, listen, it, it's I up mean, there. And I got news for you. You can't drink alcohol unless you go into selected areas. We obviously know about the... Uh, you know, the, the, the real controversies of, uh, you know, with uh, human rights and, and the way these stadiums were built and as well, the LGBTQ plus uh, uh, situation. And there's not obviously there's a long list. There's a long list. Right. And now you're adding this. So it, it's kind of ridiculous. So final thoughts before we move on. on this. Yeah, my final thought on this is what happens to the kickoff time. This is more of a personal beef. The, the kickoff time for Netherlands, Senegal, which is going to be a cracking game, by the way, was 230, yeah, like 2.30 or 3.30 a.m. Pacific. And now I kind of want them to move that to a different time if they're not going to open the tournament so I can actually watch it and, yeah. and crack my own beer at 7 a.m. How about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, I'm going to have that and hang out and do whatever I want. <laughs> well, okay. here's my other thing. Like, instead of like moving it to another day, why don't you just make Qatar Ecuador the first game of that day and then, you know, just let the other two, whatever. You want to kick off the tournament. Sure, sure. The you could do the that The fact too. that you're going to move it to another day is ridiculous. Anyway, it's insane. You should have figured this out. It should have been ago. sorted out. Yes, exactly. An absolute – okay, here's one that might make you happy or not. Okay. I don't know, but we're getting reports specifically from uh, The Guardian here. So I'll trust it, uh, you know, my old uh, place of employment, that Thomas Tuchel reportedly, you know, doesn't trust Christian Pulisic. First of all, you don't need The Guardian to tell you that. I, I could have told you that already. But anyway, Tuchel wait, reportedly – Wait, wait, no, 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 I can't go any further. <laughs> what coach says that publicly about a player? Yeah, does he's I maybe it's I, I, taken me, out of listen, context. Like, I, well, okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. That's just a crazy thing. But Even maybe he the, meant like when they go out for a drink, like I'm gonna go to the bathroom, Christian. Like I'm gonna leave my wallet yeah. on the table. And, maybe it's that part. Maybe. It's oh, I thought I thought you thought he's gonna piss in his drink. No, no, no. <laughs> Christian Pulisic would totally do that. He, uh, maybe I don't know, but but it's it's. It's crazy to think that even if you didn't like a player, that you would say something like that publicly. I don't, I don't trust this player. After you've done and coached him for many years, it's one thing if maybe you had him for a year and you're feeling that way and he was kind of in and out of the lineup and he never really 
mm. did what you wanted to do. There was clearly, it was clearly fractious relationship. And we recently him, had issues like this, by the way, our very own, my very own club, Stephen Jarrett, and he made some comments about Tyron Minx, which uh, whether they're uh, directly, you know, on purpose or, you know, taking up the mm -hmm, cuff, we're, yeah. not, we're not greatly received saying, you know, when Tyron Minx is ready to look me in the eye and ready to play, it was a little bit weird. Yeah, I saw those. That is kind so, of weird too. Yeah, so to so your point about Tuchel, not trusting Christian Pulisic, it, uh, it, it, it is strange I, that if okay. you would say that. But but Tyrone Mings and Steven Gerrard feels like that Stevie no. G's trying something to motivate him through the press. Yeah, that, and there's that, more it, and there's more to it, by the for way. For sure. Way, but that's yeah. what it that's what it, that one feels like. This one feels like Stevie G's relatively new with his relationship with Tyrone Mings. There's an established relationship with Tuchel and Pulisic. So Years. trying to motivate him through the press doesn't seem like that. What I think's happening is if Tuchel doesn't really want Pulisic on the team anymore, I don't think the American owners want to sell arguably the biggest American asset in the men's side of the game unless there's some type of issue going on. And now Tuchel's creating that issue because I just don't, I don't know what, whatever, what other motivation there could be now. Now I assume it's a trust, like an on the field trust. I don't think it's trusting him as a, as a human being, just like, I don't trust him to defend. I don't trust him to do whatever. It's well, not I don't the trust the wallet thing. Of the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tuchel for me is, is, uh, He's, being he's such an a, interesting cat. He's being he? such I'm, a baby right now. I mean, everybody <laughs> would love to have his first world problems of being paid millions of dollars and still complaining that he doesn't have the right yeah. guys to win something. All right. But, well, let me Whatever say this to, to you. Dude. Just to give you, just to be the devil's advocate for a second, it, it didn't help politics. And this is nothing to do with Tuchel, is it? It didn't help matters that Raheem Sterling was brought into the, into the situation. You know, just another player sure, that could take sure. off a position. So, you know, anyway, regarding that report, now... Jimmy, your Newcastle United have also asked Chelsea to keep them informed on attacking players who could become available this month. Newcastle would consider signing Pulisic if he were available per the Athletic. What do you think about that? I think that it would be exciting for Newcastle, and I think he'd be a welcome addition to the team. It gives us more flexibility and diversity in our attack in terms of what we can do and what Eddie Howe can do. Now, I think Eddie Howe is really good at the defending side, getting everybody locked in and on the same page. I still wonder about how he helps the team move or what he's doing outside of just like, go make it work, guys. You're really talented uh, in, in the offensive tactics. Now, I'm sure they work on stuff and passing patterns and all that, but it still feels like we could use a difference maker in the attacking third, and obviously Christian Pulisic is one of those types of players. I, I'm kind of bummed that it might be Miguel Almiron that might have to make way if a Pulisic does come because I like Miggy a lot. And I've always been a big fan since his time with Atlanta United and with obviously the Paraguayan national team. So I don't want him to make room, but they got Alonson Maximin on the other side. So, you know, he seems like he's going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's got some sauce to his game. I guess it kind of depends. And now I feel like when you have a luxury of these types of this type of depth, you can almost be situational. Oh, hey, we're playing this team that maybe likes to sit behind. So uh, Alonson Maximin doesn't have to defend as much. So we can we can have him out there for a longer period of time. And all that type of stuff. And also, Christian Pulisic can play underneath. He can play false nine. I mean, he can play a lot of different spots. He can and still go be anywhere. Well, the other, the, apart, the other part of this uh, conversation is, does Pulisic want to go to Newcastle United as well? Because, you know, right now he's in a team that's in the Champions League competing for other things. I mean, I presume that in a World Cup here, he just wants minutes. He wants to play. He wants to get going. Yeah. Specifically, if you're that much of a leader for the USMNT, correct? Yes, because, I mean, imagine, let's, let's extrapolate his next three or four months headed into a World Cup. If it's similar to what's happening now, you're going to have an angry, upset, frustrated, maybe lacking confident confidence Christian Pulisic versus him going to Newcastle. And yes, he's not going to be in London, which is probably a sexier location to live in and, and all the fun stuff that comes with that. 
Don't talk but, shit about Newcastle now. I'm not, of course. I, I think it's a great place <laughs> to live. It's just not as busy, let's say, and have the same gravitas. As well, it's a different, I, I think it's that, a completely it's different, different culture. Different. Yeah, but, different but that could help him focus and just be focused on the task at hand and making sure he's sharp and ready to go. And what he'd have to buy into is the long-term project because they're clearly adding world-class players. Bruno Guimaraes is awesome. You got Sven Botman who's just coming in. He's going to get assimilated into the team. And, and th- it's, it's very clear that they're building something big. And for him to be a part of that, especially at the very beginning, would be pretty cool and something I think he could be proud of at the end of the day. I don't think they're too far off of getting into Europe. So, but that's, that's still a buy-in. And to your point, though, I think him getting minutes is going to be important. It's just a matter of where he wants to get those minutes and if he wants to stay in the same league and if Chelsea want to sell him to Newcastle. I'd be thrilled. I think it would be a good opportunity and there's a lot of positives to take, take away from it from both the player and the club. And he gets out of the kind of the energy, the negative energy between him and Tuchel or at least the perceived negative energy that's happening in the media. And just it just feels like there's, there's negative vibes around Chelsea right now for a number of reasons. And I'm curious to see how they play against Tottenham this weekend. Yeah, I think generally speaking, Pulisic probably just needs a new canvas, just somewhere new to kind of mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. it down. But anyway, we will keep our eyes on that one and whether anybody else doesn't trust Christian Pulisic. I mean, I'm going to try and do some reporting on this one. We'll see, we'll see about that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, everybody, thank you so much uh, for being part of this show. I'm going to take this home now. But Jimmy, before we say goodbye, final thoughts, buddy. My final thoughts. I'm excited for the MLS All-Star game tonight. They're taking on the Liga MX All-Stars. It's always a fun festivity. And as someone that played in multiple All-Star games, it's a flex of the day for everybody. It's, it's, I like the new format. I like that, that we're tapping into the natural rivalry that exists between MLS and Liga MX and, and to do it in a way that it'll be competitive, but fun. And I think that's a nice way to continue to build that relationship. So it should be a great game. And I hope everybody watches tonight. 100%. I think every single year should be MLS against Liga and Mekis. I like that. That's the way to promote both sides. Great stuff, Jimmy Conrad. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, make sure to follow Jimmy on Twitter, Instagram, of course. And you're on TikTok too, Jimmy. What's up with that? I, I am. And I stopped. But I kind of proved concept. That's all I really wanted to do. That I could make, <laughs> I, I make some funny videos. This isn't Shark Tank, Jimmy. You need to keep this going. You can't just prove concept. You're, you're, you're too good for this. Keep the TikTok it's, going. Listen, it's a different type of content and you have to be thinking in a different way and it's different than what I'm doing. And you know what? I should keep it going, but I only have so much time in the day. I you know what I'm talking about. No, I, I, I don't have, but, TikTok, but there's but some, I, there's some, there's fun, there's fun ones on there for you guys got to watch them. There's some really Jimmy, funny ones that I made. Okay. Well, Lasso has TikTok. Did no you know way. That? Yeah. And one of our, one of our most watched ones, in fact, the most watched one is uh James bench talking to Brendan Aronson. It's fun as hell, man. You got to check it out. Right, Romano has some good hits. And Jimmy, come on, you got to get on that. All right, everybody. I will. will. Uh, Thank you so much for being part of the show, by the way. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also available, as you already know, if you're watching this live on video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. We're so close to 20,000 subscribers. Well deserved. I love it. Jimmy Conrad in the hizzy LME. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy. The MLS All-Stars against Liga MX All-Stars. Have a great evening, day, whatever. See you next time. Until then, bye-bye. Hala Madrid!